Good morning, Henry. How are you today? Wonderful. Good morning. I'm feeling fine. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Sun is out. It's beautiful when we're recording this, and I kind of like this. Oh, so that uh, might be the reason why it's so cloudy with us. Sun is <laughs> with you, right? We sent you all. Look. Well, well, in Germany is again. We're recording this fairly early, uh, end of. June and it's Germany is about to be hit by a bit of a heat wave, so we're all braced for thirty plus degrees here Celsius. <laughs> it is hot. I think uh, it seems to. So you could just Celsius. join me on 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 Svalbard circumnavigation. Oh, I would so love to do this right now. <laughs> I would so <laughs> love to be out, out in the ice in the cold. So much more my cup of tea. I can just send you a piece of ice. Send, send, send me a piece of glacier glacier ice for my drink, yes. Yeah, do that. can do that. There, there, there are people who are making that into a business, who have made it this into a business. There are rich people who <laughs> who love to buy... I, I think one company puts glacier ice and melts it and sells it at glacier water. I've seen that one. Yes, for body. And if, if, you're, if you're really rich, I think you can get uh, Svalbard glacial ice almost anywhere but it's of course complete BS <laughs> even even though it's a claim to fame I, I have I have had a, a whiskey with uh, on the rocks which I usually don't drink on the rocks but uh, the rocks were actual glacier ice in Svalbard so that was kind of cool you know <laughs> yeah, has a certain cool factor for sure <laughs> Um, and <laughs> I can see the point here. <laughs> and speaking of ice, uh, the title of the show, Breaking Ice for Arctic Oil. At least it has ice in the title, but I don't really like that oil in the title. What is this about? It's about the first commercial crossing of the Northwest Passage. And we talked about the Northwest Passage and who owns it a few episodes ago. And um, this is a very interesting uh, case because there was a an oil tanker which uh, got refitted to be able to cross the Northwest Passage and break the ice there. So refitted and means it's it's got a strengthened hull and... Uh, exactly, they extended um, the, the bow of the ship and just built a new bow um, in front of the already existing ship. A and double made bow. It, yes, exactly, and, and, and made it um, yeah ice resistant. Uh, it's kind of an icebreaker they got an icebreaker bow in uh, 68, I think it was. And uh, by that, the purpose was, of course, to establish a route through the Northwest Passage to um, deliver oil to settlements um, over at um, Alaska. So we were trying to um, go to Alaska from uh, Oregon. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, the story. The story is uh, about... The ship called the SS Manhattan, which was uh, built um, even years before that. So they, she was already serving as an ordinary oil tank, uh, tanker in '62, and then just got refitted in '68, and um, was going up to the Northwest Passage. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> the name of the ship was the SS Manhattan. Yes, exactly. Okay, 1962. So what is what is noteworthy about this? 
Uh, noteworthy is that um, the ship actually made it through the Northwest Passage. Um, so it's a, a, indeed the first commercial crossing. Um, the route began in, in August 69 um, in, at America's East Coast. So they went through the Baffin Sea and um, Melbourne Sound. And they had very, very big and heavy sea ice in uh, the McClure Strait. So they couldn't go that one. So they um, went for a southerly route um, through Prince of Wales Strait. And um, eventually they just took one token barrel of crude oil in uh, Proto Bay. And then the sh ship turned around and went back. So they actually went back and forth through um, the Northwest Passage. Uh Okay, so so they, they, they did not have to collect the entire ship full of oil. They just um, wanted to prove the point, or why did they just take that exactly. one barrel? Was they, it was it more like, okay, if the ship's too heavy, we, we won't make it? Or was that just, uh, was that planned from the start? I think um, the, the thoughts behind just taking uh, this token barrel was um, if they load the tanker, it's just a huge um, hazard on, on the way. They, they, they weren't sure if they could make it. They would just want to establish that route and um, want to see if it, it could have just saved time, a lot of time, to um, deliver supplies to those very remote Alaskan settlements. And uh, if you are not really sure, you better play it safe. And one barrel of oil would definitely make less a mess than uh, if that ship would just stuck in the ice full of oil or even gets a leak or somewhere. So they they were kind of environmentally conscious, is that? No, I think they have been just um, cautious about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I think they haven't just been been sure properly. So they were going actually um, from uh, the east coast from Portland and um, went all the way up, and which was very interesting because. The this was kind of the the um, start of the debate about if the Northwest Passage is kind of um, Canadian internal waters or if it's international waters. Mm, okay, because, so um, this is where this is where that discussion comes in that we had in episode fifty-seven. Who who owns the Northwest Passage? Exactly, because um, the Manhattan was also supported by a couple of icebreakers. And um, that was actually one Canadian icebreaker and two um, U.S. Coast Guard um, icebreakers. And that was the interesting um, fact that this American oil company already um, trusted in, in the fact that this is a disputed area and uh, they don't need to really ask for permission, which is not really... It wasn't the case. So, th since they had support from the um, from the Canadian Coast Guard, there seemed to be at least a debate or um, a knowledge of of that uh, plan of that program. So there was uh, something going on in the background. So that was in 1962. Um, this did this turn into 69. any uh, 69. Did that turn into anything? I mean, I mean, has that has that broken the ground for future? oil tankers going through uh, the Northwest Passage? Is, is this something that's happening uh, regularly now, or where are we at that point? So both voyages um, 
have been successful both voyages of um, the on t- uh, of the uh, Northwest Passage, even though the uh, first officer of the ship he just stated later that he was giving the odds uh, three to one on Manhattan successful breaking um, and doing it with a relative ease. He, st- he stated so that he was quite quite convinced that um, the the Manhattan got th- got through it. Um, I'm not sure if um, if he was referring to the size or um, to the ability of the ship itself, because since it was refitted, um, you have to to see it's a it's a tanker. It's a huge ship. Mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about 290 meters length. Well, one so of the forty feet. One of the links that uh, we have in the show notes shows a photo of the Manhattan from the front, and you get a pretty decent idea of, of its size that way. It's, it's an uh, impressive picture, isn't it's it? It's massive. <laughs> so so it, it has a beam of 40 meters. It's 40 meters wide, 132 feet. Yeah. So that's quite um, a, a big ship there. With this um, icebreaker bow, it actually just goes on the ice and uh, uses its own weight. And, of course, that's something um, what a tanker can do because the that weight tonnage already is 115,000 tons. If it'll, just, it, it'll just push through pretty much because of exactly. its weight. Yeah. So, um, or, it, or its momentum. Um, it's, so, so, so adding this second bow probably changed the... the, the water dynamics of the ship so they changed the water dynamics um the 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 speed actually um the maximum speed possible for that ship slowed down after they refitted it um for about two to three knots um so miles per hour so that's Mm -hmm. um quite something but in fact um it didn't really change it too too much so that was it still is um is reasonable so the maneuverability it, was still given obviously otherwise it wouldn't have made the northwest passage exactly i think so too it's a it's a very challenging um route and they made it made it however even though both of those voyages were successful and they have demonstrated that the passage could be used for commercial shipping there wasn't um there wasn't really uh, a pickup on that, so they they figured that it's quite um, cost uh, costly to run those um, uh, run those operations up in in the high Arctic, in the Canadian Arctic. So they didn't really pick it up. There was um, a little later a second attempt, but uh, in the end they didn't really do that. And I'm kind of glad they didn't because. I mean, just, just imagine the Northwest Passage is dangerous, right? It's not a simple thing. Otherwise, more people, more more uh, ships would go through it. And it, just 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 in my mind, thinking of uh, an oil tanker full of oil um, breaking up there, um, it would be incredibly hard, if not impossible, to clean up an oil spill like that. I would think. Exactly. It's also so remote that that would be really uh, a big challenge. It's like it's it's like the saying: your off-road we- vehicle will break at a point where the tow truck the tow truck can't get to. That is kind of a similar situation there. You probably would have Indeed. a really hard time to clean anything up. Yeah. 
But the the official reason for the voyage um, back in the days um, that revolved around oil that has been discovered at Prudhoe Bay in Alaska in uh, 68. So the oil companies, they were trying to find a possibility to transport the oil that was found in the area um, around Prudhoe Bay um, to, to transport that oil to the mainland. And the calculations back in the days have um, been very interesting. Uh, they reasoned that the sea transport of oil by ice-breaking supertankers would have been cheaper than building the Trans-Alaska Pipeline, which is in place now, because the second attempt to cross the passage um, in winter proved impossible. So they actually failed um, crossing the Northwest Passage on a second attempt during winter conditions, because the winter conditions up there still are very, very tough, very tight. And a lot of environmental concerns have been raised. So the the idea of going back and forth by ship through those highly risky waters has been cancelled, and they eventually built the pipeline. Yeah, it's and it's it's interesting reading that reading that one article that we link in the show notes. I mean, it must have also been a really adventurous journey, not just like easy sailing. But um, they they write that the sea ice bashed bashed a Doppler speed tracking system, which is really important to know how fast mm -hmm. you are. And then uh, to, they had to to kind of gauge it by throwing a block of wood onto the ice and then count the seconds that it took for the ship to pass that one. Um, <laughs> it's a very interesting speed measuring method, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and then there's this guy who whose whose main jobs was to to take a helicopter, and of course a ship like that has a helipad and a helicopter. So to helicopter out in front of the ship to test the ice uh, thickness and saltiness and stuff like that to make sure that they know about the ice conditions up ahead. So it doesn't sound easy. It doesn't sound easy. So yeah. No, it's it's actually quite a quite an adventure. Um, yeah. You have to consider also it's it's the sixties, end of sixties. Um, There's not as it, much modern technology as we have today. No GPS, no exactly. stuff like that. So, oh my so God. that was really an adventure to go um, in, in in those areas in the first place, but also to uh, work with those um, uncertainties. This is really. Um, an, an effort they, they have undertaken to prove that it would be possible to transport the the oil. So instead of taking big tankers and taking the risk to go through the Northwest Passage, there's now a pipeline. Exactly, which is uh, also that was also highly disputed when they built the pipeline. But that's it's another still, story. Still, still dangerous. I mean, it still can break for various reasons. So ah, anyway, re resources, natural resources. There's always so many interests going against each other. Yeah, it will always be uh, a highly disputed field to uh, argue about exploration of natural resources. But in the end, um, everything we use uh, wouldn't be here without natural resources. Yeah, my my position is at this point we need to do everything to to phase out having to use oil. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, to wrap that up, there is a a book with um, the same title like the podcast episode, "Breaking Ice for Arctic Oil," and with this book, the um, historian Ross Cohn, he has written um, the voyage down in a very informative but also accessible and um, enjoyable read. You have seen, um, Chris, you have seen the um, article 
um, it, Alaska Business, which we have linked yes. in the in the show notes. That's the one it's I was quite, referring to. Yes, it's it's a quite similar uh, way of writing um, which he did, but he has um, uh, just recounts the whole voyage and plays all of it in the larger context of the um, early days of Alaska's entry into the world oil market. And the result is a very fascinating book. I really like it. And um, he just gives an outlook on what happens when politics, big business, and technology um, dovetail to accomplish what has never been uh, before. So that's um, that's just like the challenging, adventurous part of the story, which he's uh, pointing out. Very, very recommendable book over here. We put it in, in the show notes as well. All right. Okay, uh, the SS Manhattan on its way through the Northwest Passage. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, so that concludes today's episode of Curiously Polar. If you want to contact us, remember we have a Twitter account, Curiously Polar. Is its name. You can find us online. You can also send us email to info at curiouslypolar.com or even send us individual email. You'll find our addresses and contact ways to contact us on curiouslypolar.com. And yeah, we'll be back in a week from now with another episode. Until then, take care.